0: Thank you for joining us, and welcome to a very special series called Shock Your Job Search Potential. I'm your host, Michael Sherlock, and over the next few weeks, we will introduce you to experts in the fields of recruiting, hiring, and interviewing, providing both job seekers and hiring managers with valuable information. We also highlight a wealth of resources for vets and their families. Listen in to Shock Your Career Potential. To learn more about all of our programs, visit us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. If you've ever wondered about whether or not you're trying to find the job for you, or you're trying to find a job that is just a job, This interview is going to help you to clarify some of those elements, and I hope solidify a message that so far so many of my my speakers have had, and that is to get a great job, you have to be willing to look at what interests you, where your passions are, and how to tap into them to unleash them. So our guest today for this segment is Marianne Fairmouth, and she's a founder and CEO of Fairmouth & Company. She's been a leader for, I'm not going to say how many decades, (laughs) because that would be unfair to each of us, but her place in the recruiting community is very strong and has a rich history and her perspective on how to get not only a job seeker in the right place, but to really match them with the right company is going to be invaluable to you. Now, here's just another note. This is not just me say, speaking about this. She has written a book called Revolutionary Recruiting, as many other pieces to the puzzle in that title, but she has great following with this and this is making a huge difference in people's lives. She just won the 2018 Texas Authors Best Award and in the category of nonfiction so you know this is making a difference and that's why I can't wait for her to share her message with with us today so first of all Marianne thank you so much for joining us today
1: well thank you for inviting me it's my pleasure to be here with you
0: you're gonna really enjoy this the the people that are being affected by this conference and the, the wealth of material I'm getting from all of you speakers has just been phenomenal and I know you have some really unique perspectives so let's just start out, tell us a little bit about yourself, your history in this, and your area of expertise in the field of
1: recruiting as it, as it relates to our job seekers. Okay. I have been a recruiter since 1982, and I have owned my own business since 1987. And I've always done recruiting a little differently. I'm um, a very uh, multidimensional kind of, of professional, shall we say. And I believe that we all want our best life. We're all connected. And the book is more um, of a book for anyone who wants to have their best life, anyone who wants to align themselves with their passions and interests. And what the book does, uh, it goes into actually uh, chapters for both employers, recruiters, and candidates. about how do we do that? How do we find that career that aligns us with a position, with a career that matches who we are? And to do that, really, and do it effectively, I um, devised five steps, uh, what we call the five step method, called the Fairmouth method. But to give you a little background on myself, I've done this for, from 82 till now. I'm a little different kind of recruiter. I call myself a holistic recruiter because, Michael, I look at the whole person. You know, years ago, we looked at a resume, we looked at a job description. And if we had keywords that matched that, there was a match.
0: Absolutely. But,
1: our life's different now. The culture's different. The The environment's different. We have different generational um, demands. What a millennial wants maybe not, is not what a baby boomer wants or Generation X wants. So now people want more work-life balance. They see life or they see work, and work and life is kind of intertwined. So if we're happier in our job, that's going to spill over into other areas of our life. And that's what this book is about, and that's what I do. And uh, in 2016, I was the president of the Houston Independent Personnel Association. I'm a national recruiter. I'm certified by the Board of Regents in Washington, D.C. So I've been doing this a long time. But I also do it in a way that's a little different method. It's more holistic. And I think it's more in line with the times, all right? Because I think right now people want to be uh, validated for who they are. not maybe, what, maybe, maybe the degree they got four years ago and who they were is not who they are today. So how do we get in touch with that? And that's what I do.
0: That's a great point. And I have people often, you, when you talk to people, especially if they're going through school, and they're very stressed out about what degree should I get, my advice has always been, it doesn't matter. Just get a degree because your interests may change unless you're going to become a doctor or a lawyer, and then you're going to be set on one path. But many degrees really have flexibility if you learn how to market them but you don't always know at 18, 19, 20 or 21 what you want to be doing at 40, 45, 55 or 65. So it doesn't have to be a life sentence for a position as long as you're willing to look at yourself and really be able to reflect on.
1: I agree. And the only constant in life is change, right? Absolutely. As human beings are continuing to change, right? And what we what we thought we wanted to do when we were 18 or 24, you know, might not be what we want to do today. But how do we do that? How do we align ourselves with a career that fits who we are right now? And I think we, you know, the five-step method goes into all that. I think the first step starts with or the first important ingredient of all that. It starts with the first step of the Fairmouth Method, which is to do a self-inventory. We can go into that. But I think that times are changing, and people looking for jobs or looking for more fulfillment in their jobs is is something that, that's really um, – uh, kind of prevalent in, in our society right now. And, uh, you know, I'm a baby boomer. And I'm, not, I'm so embarrassed to say it. I'm a baby boomer. I have a lot of, I'm, I'm proud to admit I have a lot of millennial characteristics. My son's telling me that all the time. But, you know, years ago, my dad would say to me, you know, you have a job. Be happy you have that job. You're Making money, and you have that job. That's not the way people look at it these days. They want to find fulfillment. They want to be happy. They want to have, purpose okay it's a whole different mindset than it was years ago and and i think there's a, a real beauty to to the to current the current market in that as a millennial as a baby woman as a generation x we have so much to bring to each other all right absolutely I think if we look at it more in a positive way it's not what's wrong with the millennial what's wrong with me let's look at what's right how can we work together more harmoniously in the workplace And that's what I
0: do. I think it's really telling. I just heard a statistic or I saw it on the news, I think, this morning. and It said by 2030 that it's anticipated that 50% of the U.S. workforce are going to be self-employed. And I think that's really intriguing because, you know, for those of us who are self-employed, there's a reason we did that. And there's risk involved with that, but there's something very freeing about it. And I think that may be a little part of people who know and recognize that within themselves and want to, want to have that type of opportunity. So I'm really intrigued about hearing you talk a little bit more about that first step, which is self
1: inventory. Can you talk a little bit about how you sure get people? I will. To, you know, whenever we are approaching anything, in my opinion, we have to know about ourselves. You know, some, there was a song written and here's my baby boomer stuff coming out again. And it goes like this, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. I think sometimes we hope to find fulfillment. Oh, I'm going to find this man. He's going to make my life wonderful. I'm going to find this right job. It's going to make it all wonderful. Or I'm going to find this right outfit. It's going to make me wonderful. The key is we got to find ourselves first, right? We have to, you know, all the big spiritual gurus, the Deepak Chopras, everybody, you know, we have to get in alignment with ourselves. And if we can do that, and all this stuff out here, in my opinion, will flow. All right? So who are you? What do you need? What, where are you right now? Who are you? What is important to you? I just had the situation the other day. A gentleman came to me and said, you know, I've been working for a company in medical equipment sales for four years, but it's not who I am anymore. I'm going to be a father, right? So who I am, his self-inventory was, you know what? I'm changing. My life demands and needs are changing. So he had done that self-inventory to know that the job he had wasn't in alignment with becoming a new father because he was working 70 hours a week, right? So who are you? What is that self-inventory about? Get in alignment with who you are, what's important to you. And once you do that, we you know where to go from there.
0: That's what it. a great reflection on his part, too, because it would be real easy for people to say, oh, I have to keep that job because... And with medical sales, there there's usually a very high paycheck, there's very high commissions, there's benefits, company cars and things. And And there can be this attachment to, I have to keep that job because now I'm being a father, becoming a father. What a great realization to be able to step back and say, my values are changing, my life is changing, and
1: I want to keep it in alignment. And I think that's where a lot of people are these days. You know, years ago, our validation was so much contingent upon how much money we made. And I think nowadays our validation might be in richness or riches richness of spirit or relationships. All right. So no, he can't afford to take a huge pay cut. But also, my recruiter has on, of course. He has medical equipment sales. So maybe he's selling devices where he has to be in the operating room. Maybe now he can go and transfer into another area of medical that will still pay him well, but he's not in the same demanding field of selling that particular product that's going to make him work seventy hours a week. So You know, there's always a way to to work it. And, yes, he's going to probably take a small cut whenever you change a position. In most cases, you take a small cut. But as long as he's in the same area, uh, chances are, with medical being so in demand because so many of the baby boomers are getting sick and they need more help and those products are in demand, more than likely he won't take a big cut. But hooray for him that he was in alignment and did that self inventory
0: As you were telling that story, I was going to have to tattle on myself and tell a quick side story. There was a point in my career, and I spent the bulk of my career in in medical field in one way or the other, and I was up for this really great medical sales job, and it was between me and one other person, and I felt that I had the edge on this because of a background that was related in the in the specific medical field, but I had to go, I had to watch an implant of basically a pacemaker kind of piece of equipment. And, and so they sent me home with the videos and everything. And I, I couldn't watch the incision. It's the smallest
1: of incision and I couldn't watch it. So I had to take myself out of the, and that brings me to something else. So many times we think the job we take is the end all. And sometimes the job we take, we find out we don't want to do that. And that's okay. People say to me, how can you say it's okay to fail? It is okay to fail. Because guess what? We're going to learn from that. We're going to learn from what we don't want and get more closely aligned with what we do want by going through those, you know, taking that journey. And just like you, by you having that experience, you said, no, 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 no. What I thought was for me isn't for me. How great that you saw that. Because if you had not seen that, you want to stay in that thing for that position or that area for a long time and been very unhappy, good and bad, open our eyes to many
0: things. And it was, it was very, um, it, you know, it was a very appealing cause it was a huge pay increase. There were great benefits. I knew it was going to pay well, but I really sat back and thought, okay, I probably can get used to watching incisions and the insertion of this thing, but I don't want to, I don't want to get to the place that I'm that that seems common to me. So I'm glad I, in the long term, made a different decision. But in the short term, I remember my family going, what are you doing? Are you crazy? But it was a great realization. And I think there's a lot of people that there's that panic sense of, I just have to have a job, or I have to have the next job, or I have to get the promotion in this job. But if it's not suited to who you are,
1: then there's always going to be a disconnect. Well, and a huge disconnect. And really, let me tell you very quickly why I wrote this book. My husband that I was married to for 18 years wanted to be a forest ranger. And his mother said, no, your dad's an engineer, your uncle's an engineer, your aunt's an engineer, you've got to be an engineer. Well, long story short, he was miserable. He would come home two or three days a week with migraine headaches. Because he was so miserable in that job. One day he sat right in front of me, no warning, at 47. And he had an aneurysm and he died. Just like that. No warning. Oh my God. It always haunted me that if he was in the right job, maybe he would still be alive. Because we had a wonderful relationship and we were so happy. So obviously I know I could never save him. But how many other people can I save or help? Because I had a personal experience with someone that hated his job and was so miserable for so long, he ended up losing his life over it. All right? Because emotions can have a big effect. Stress can have a big effect on our health. All right? So three years after he died, a young man came to me that had a degree in forestry. And he wanted the he was the mere opposite of my husband. He wanted to work in Arlington Gas, yes. and I was determined to place him. I just talked to him last week. He I placed him in a job where he wasn't exactly a cookie cutter fit for it, but he had the transferable skills. He's been in that industry now many many years, and he's probably making I mean he's making very very good money, but he's happy. And so I I, I guess my husband's situation haunted me, but I've done that with so many other people. All right, so I've lived with someone that had the, the worst case scenario when you're in the wrong job. So I have a personal association or experience with it. I am sorry for the story because it's a tough one.
0: And it's, but what a what a moment to see that and be able to use it to help others and to be able to see the, the fruits of your labor as you move through and, and work with other candidates as you go along. Thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome, you're welcome. and. Um, You know, it it does, it's helping a lot of people. And and I know my sweet husband's spirit's looking down for me and saying, go, Marianne, you're helping people, and I'm helping you up from up here. But yeah, the book book is is doing a lot of good, and and it's helped a lot of people.
0: Fantastic. Well, can
1: you give us a couple other highlights of some of your top steps? Yes. So the first one is self-inventory. The second one is to ask better questions. And I think we have to ask questions as far as the skill set that I have and the degree that I have and the experience that I have. What what's out there, right? What can I do? A good point you broke up or brought up, you know. Can I afford to take a big huge cut, all right? Can I do that, all right? Or the questions might be, well, if I want this job, I don't I don't have the exact experience or background to get it. What do I need to do to get there? Do I have to take some classes? Are there tutorials I can get to? So ask better questions. The third step is step out of your comfort zone. Neil Don Walsh said. Life begins at the end of our comfort zone. And I believe that to be true. You know, I think the biggest dragon any of us have to slew, or slay, I should say, is the dragon within within that says, you really think you can do that? What makes you think you can do that? I think if we slay that dragon, we have so much better chances of achieving those goals. So stepping out of our comfort zone, getting into something that might not be what we have experience in. And the fourth one is, but take the time to do it right. Fourth step, right? The Fairmouth Method, fourth step. Take the time to do it right. Never jump, all right? Never jump. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. Do your research. The first step is critical. Know thyself, right? Mm -hmm. Fifth one is, be a hunter. You know, in ancient societies, there were always hunters and gatherers. The hunters would go after the food and bring it back to the gatherers. Well, in these times, Michael, none of us can can afford to be gatherers. We have to be hunters. We have to go after what we want, right? And sometimes, you know, I use the analogy of the Wizard of Oz. Remember with Dorothy and and the Wizard of Oz and the tornado, and she went to the place of Never Never Land or whatever, went to the great Oz. But what she found from that journey was that, and with those ruby slippers that she had within herself, but sometimes we have to go through those journeys to find our way back home. But coming home, really, the most important place to come home to is home to who you really are. And that's what my book will help you with. And that's what I think is is the great part of of getting out there and trying to to align yourself with the best career and finding out what it is you want. We have one life. We have one life. And how sad that we're not doing the most to make it a magnificent life. Job is very fulfilling. And I think, uh, especially uh, the millennials and then some Generation X, these people, and by the way, millennials are going to be 50% of the, of the workforce. That's more important to them than maybe it was to us. To us, it was about survival. To us, or to me anyway, I, I know there's other baby boomers out there that aren't maybe like that. And I'm, I'm changing, of course, but they want different things, right? The things that the employees of, of 20, 30 years ago wanted are not what the people today want, and employers need to know that, and so do and applicants do, and that's what I'm hoping this book will help. And it's written from a 350 degree angle in that it looks at the employer, it looks at the applicant, it looks at the recruiter, because they're all connected. And I think if we each understand each other, we can work more harmoniously in the workplace.
0: And that's really one of the messages I keep trying to convey is that if you have the right working situation, you will do better. You will not only be happier, but your your successes will be greater. The company's buy-in to you will be stronger. Yeah. And so many times people are just trying to get that next job. And like I said, there's a number of experiences that I've had with people who worked for me over the years who wanted to move from sales into management. And every time I'd, I'd sit back and assess with them, help them to try and reflect with themselves to say, Do you want this because it's what you really are passionate about that you want to lead people and lead a team? Or do you feel like this is the next step you need to take? Because if it's the latter, then let's talk about that because there probably is going to be some disconnect here. And- I don't want to put you in that situation. I don't want to put our company in that situation, but I want you to not want to put yourself in that situation. And that's sometimes people get locked in, not only with things like that, maybe with moving up the the chain of command, but also with the sense of, well, I'm in this industry. I have to stay in this one industry. And sometimes your trans, your your skills are so trans uh, transferable to other industries where you right. might be happier because right. you have great opportunity to use them and find your your authentic self that that's that's a chasm I want people to really recognize that they can bridge
1: I think you're right and I think that you know let me read this real quick the last chapter is called human to human making a better world and I think this says everything we're talking about right now I think you'll resonate with this Michael it says the steps of the Fairmouth method are a way to honor the fullness of what makes each human being unique Whether one is a job seeker, a recruiter, or an employer, this work we do together to place people in jobs that fulfill them is not simply an economic task. It is where the personal becomes universal. When we make better matches, we create a stronger economy and a more stable workforce. This leads to fewer broken families, lower health care costs, and higher stability in our business world. Okay, something changes in the human psyche when we reduce complex human beings with their own hopes and dreams to simple pieces of paper. We lose something of what binds us together as a human community, right? So this is what my book is about, right? Who are you? We're unique. We're all unique. We all have unique needs and, 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 and desires, and, and, and they change. And so, you know, you've got one life. Let's make it the best we can, and let's find a job that will help us do that. And that's not easy to do all the time. But you need tools to, to find out how to do that. What you're doing, what I'm doing, I think we're all helping people get to that destination. Don't you? I love it. Absolutely. And that's where it goes back to
0: some of the steps in your method there about Hunting, but being ready and and searching out and taking the time, not saying, I hate this job, so I'm going to quit today and hope I get something else, but saying, Okay, if I hate this job, instead of feeling like I have to jump, let's do some reflection. Let's take some inventory of myself. What is it that I want to have so that I don't jump into something I hate again, but that I really take the time and kind of, you know, suck it up a little and say, Okay, I'm going to hate this for another six months but I'm going to hate it on my path to finding what I love. And there's exactly. patience involved in that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think
0: so. I think so. I love it. So I always ask everybody two questions. So the last two questions as we get near the end here, the first is I love to be reflective and, and I always think about the things that I would tell the younger me. And so if knowing what you know now in your life and career, in your time in this industry, what would you tell the younger Marianne, And at what point in time would you tell her this that would have shocked your own potential farther, faster, or kept you on the same path, but something that you
1: wish you could go back in time and tell her? I think I would have told her when she was 16 to slay the dragon within and believe that whatever she puts her mind to, she can achieve, as long as she's work hard, willing to work hard enough to get there. And um, I think... You know, um, I I had a situation when I was growing up where my parents were from from Europe and, um, um, you know, they they, they had some ideas about what a woman could and couldn't do or should and shouldn't do. My dad used to say, you know, you're pretty. You don't need an education. And it's so funny, Michael. I just to God I said this to my dad when I was 18. I said, but dad, what do I do someday if my husband dies? How am I going to survive? How am I going to support? Oh, that's never going to happen. Well, it did and and i did go to school and i got a couple degrees but i think at a younger age if i would have told myself to believe more in myself believe more strongly and slay those da- dragons within and not be so fearful of, of 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 doing what i had to do to get to where i wanted to go i think maybe that would have helped me although i i can't say i have a whole lot of disappointments because even though maybe my road wasn't a straight road it was a little bit crooked here and there i'm still on the path and And so even maybe I would say this too, another thing. I would say, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. And and you're going to slip and fall and get bruised. But just pick yourself up and keep going.
0: That's great advice. As you were telling that story, it reminded me of something in my mid-20s when I had the opportunity to apply for a position to be an executive director at a nonprofit, and I was already at the second highest level of command in the nonprofit I worked for. And I was going to apply for it. And I was telling this to somebody who was very close to me and very important in my life at that time. And that person said, well, why would you even try? You're never going to get it. And I didn't apply. And to this day, that bothers me for so many reasons, not because of what I might've missed, but because of what I didn't do because somebody told me I couldn't. And I think that made me so mad <laughs> that everything else I just went and tackled, but it took me a while. It took me a couple of years, maybe even another decade after that till I got mad enough to say, why would I let somebody else tell me what I can and can't do? Who cares if you try it and fall on your face? At least you did it with of your own volition.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as we wrap up here very closely, and I know we'll have all your contact information and links to your book on your website, but do you want to just give people the best
1: ways that they can find you? Well, yes, you can find me on amazon.com. You can find me on barnesandnoble.com and, and ingridspark.com But real quick, if we just have a minute, I just want to read you the last paragraph of my book because I think it summarizes everything we've talked about. Can I do that oh, real yes. quick? Oh, absolutely. I was going to let you have some last pearls of wisdom anyway, so go for it. Okay. All right. It says When you are happy with you, the world becomes a better place. Your happiness radiates out into the world and others can feel it. But it all starts with making a better you. Love yourself, honor your God given gifts and talents, and use them in a way that allows you to make some type of contribution. We are all connected we can make a real difference one small step at a time one small accomplishment at a time until the end of our lives do your own self inventory consider what you want your legacy to be you have one light make sure it's one absolutely and that's
0: that's if we do nothing else with this conference but get people to embrace the fact that you can have a career and a job that you love as long as you're willing to step back and and really do that inventory, what kind of peace and success
1: could we all have? Isn't that true? And how, you know, I've often thought of myself, if we had people that were more happy with who they were, happy with their individuality, with who they are and what they have going on, whatever it is, diversity, whatever it is, what kind of a world would this be? Wouldn't we have a much happier, beautiful, loving world? Than what we have right now, I think so.
0: Absolutely,
1: absolutely. We get it for more of a global kind of a. The microscopic part is me, but the macroscopic part is not the book. Is is the microscope. It's 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 the greater good. It's it's human to human. What kind of world will we be? That's what I'm.
0: Fabulous. Marianne, thank you so much. I really appreciate not only you sharing some of the stories from your book and the, and the input and, and advice from your book,
1: but sharing so much of your personal story with us as well. Well, thank you. It's been my pleasure. And thank you so much for contacting me, Michael. And I'm always here for you and your viewers, whatever, whatever I can do to, to help them get on their path. And I thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of Shock Your Potential. To learn more, visit shockyourpotential.com, shockyourpotentialpodcast.com, salesmixology.com. You can find my first book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees at Amazon. To get a snippet of it for free, text the words, tell me more to the number 72000. That's tell me more to seven two zero zero zero.